Episode 191 of the White Cat Outdoors podcast, bringing you to the table where we talk about the outdoors. Thanks again for joining us on this week's episode. This week, we really are just driving with no end goal. We're just going total BS session here. We're talking a little bit of taxidermy, a little bit of early season approach. Uh, We even tell some really shitty jokes. Um, So there's just a little bit of everything in here. We hope you enjoy it. Uh, Just fair warning, we're recording this Friday night after a long work week. Beers are flowing. Slushies are flowing. So bear with us. Hope you guys enjoy it. And uh, let's get tuned in, shall we? truck and when i slammed the door i heard gobbles all around me alaska moose spot and sock that is the bucket list i agree That's a great, great approach to start the podcast, Nick. That's awesome. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Can't wait. I love that. Tom, what, what day is it? You guys have an extra special episode because it is Friday night. We had a softball game Wednesday, so we had to bump the podcast back. We thought the best approach would be just do it Friday night. And so you got us after a long work week. Beer's already cracked. Tom's drinking a big old slushy. Yeah, bold approach to start it off, but <laughs> it is. We'll so, see. it's raspberry, and I hate it. It is not good at all. I stopped at the local beer distributor on the way home to get some ice, mm-hmm. and as I approach the counter, I'm like, I could go for a slushy. So I put my case of beer and the bag of ice up there, and I said, "Can I get a medium slushy?" And she that's goes, "That's a medium." Yeah. That's fucking huge. Yeah, the large is bigger than bigger that. Bigger than that. Yeah. <laughs> bigger yet. And I said, can I get a medium slushy? And she goes, what kind? I'm like, oh, shit. I didn't think that far ahead. So I look over at the slushy machine, and the first one I saw was raspberry. So hmm. went with that wrong approach. You know that you don't like raspberry, though? So like, it, Yeah. So you didn't go raspberry. Nope, don't like that. And then look at the next one. You just said, mm, raspberry, hate that shit. Yeah, we're going to do that. I panicked. <laughs> 25 years old not your first time in a beer distributor and you're panicking over a slushy. yeah well he had to pull out his fake id he was getting nervous palms were sweaty mom's Knees sweaty weighed. and all that yeah. arms were heavy my arms were heavy because i had 20 pounds of ice in a case of beer mm. Mm. so child's play anyway how are we going to approach the podcast tonight what are we doing we're just straight up having fun tonight yeah so it's been quite a while like each week we you know we try to have a topic and for the most part we stay on topic i know we we definitely take a fork in the road from here and there Mm -hmm. um but like you said we're going to take a different approach here and we're just going straight bs session this time Um, we've we've done a few over the years but you know we're i think episode 191 this is going to be 
Um, so we're just going to, you know, it's we're getting very close to the season. People, in, at least in my opinion, and I don't know about you guys, but I'm, I'm over food plots and talking preseason stuff. I'm ready to just be in the woods. Yeah, I, um, even though it's still preseason, I'm, I'm done with the preseason shit. I'm, yeah, I mean, a big thing for me too, just picked up uh, my buck from the taxidermy. That just, I don't know what it is about putting a buck on the wall, but it's like, all right, time, time to, to do, do it again. again. Wow, that was cool. What are you doing later? <laughs> so how do you approach where you're going to put your buck on the wall once you get it back? Well, Tom, that all starts right after you shoot the buck. Uh, I, a little bit after that. So when you get to the taxidermist, if you've got a good taxidermist, they're going to sit you down. They're going to show you a bunch of different molds. Um, at least you this pick is, out where it's going on the wall. Well, before. let me get there. This is this is the way that the uh, the taxidermist I worked with, which was Emily Brenlinger. This is her approach on how she gets everything going. <laughs> so what she did was sit me down, and we basically try to decide first off where it's going to go in the house. But for me, um, it's not really in its permanent location, so I didn't really care about where it's going. Mm-hmm. I the, you're thinking ahead to the next buck. Yeah, no. Next uh, house. <laughs> yeah. So what I did was I wanted to, as close as I could, capture the moment in that mount. Mm-hmm. So what I ended up doing was, you know, the buck stood up out of his bed probably somewhere in the 70 to 100-yard range. I, I didn't see him stand up. I could just hear him. And when he came out um, of the bedding area and came into the timber, he had his ears pinned, was looking down just like, pissed approaching with a purpose yes he yeah he did well, you snort wheezed him didn't yes you? i did snort wheeze him um so he came in looking for a fight and i wanted to capture that moment you know the way he approached the woods i wanted to capture that so that's exactly what i did heads kind of down tilted back and his ears pinned back mm-hmm. um and she did a great job so it's honestly like where it's at's perfect for like if you're walking up the staircase my buck he's is looking, it's right looking like you. down so it's not like he's looking up above the staircase he's looking right down the staircase at you so as soon as you go to turn the stairs it's like boom 19 and 15 six, 15 16 inch wide buck staring you're approaching at you. 20 inches thanks right? for not yeah. saying 20 yeah I, I if i did i was gonna get called out so i just yeah. decided to get ahead of you on that one um yeah so it's it's pretty sweet that's Thanks. one thing that like I feel like a lot of people overlook is what their other mounts are doing yes. in the room cuz like when I got my one buck mounted a few years ago I looked at all of my dad's mounts cuz it's in his house mm-hmm. um every deer he's ever had mounted is looking to the left. Yeah, my dad's I found out that's so I was all looking left. So that... I was like, well, I guess I'm going to go right and my bear also that I got mounted looks left. So it makes sense with my deer and my bear, they look inward towards each other. You know, That's a cool left approach. Right. I like that. Yeah. Um, but when I was looking at my dad, I was like, how did you mount all these deer? And <laughs> he like, obviously he's likes like, that look. <laughs> he's like, every time I take it to the taxidermist, I just tell him, do whatever you want. He doesn't really care what it looks like it, as long as it you know looks halfway decent. He doesn't care what the posture pose is. I think and the posture totally reason, changes the mount, though. Oh, it does. Like, if you've got one side that's a little bit better or... Yeah, you, you know, got to plan around it. Yeah, well, I it, think the taxidermist knows, you know, if you tell them, you know, do whatever you want to do, they're going to approach it with giving it the best look possible. Yeah. You know what I mean? If it's left side is the best side, mm-hmm. they're going to have it so that side is the side coming off the wall. Yeah. You yeah. Would I would hope. Yeah, you one would hope. 
But yeah, so for some reason, every time Dad said, do whatever you want, they're like, left left look for sure. And it's probably got to be like page one of the, <laughs> like if you look, if you open up the, the forms book, the first one is looking left. Yeah. And that guy's like, yeah, that's the one <laughs> over liable right there. <laughs> you know what? I think they need to bring back the good old neck mount. You see a lot of shoulder in your mounts these days. Too much, the f- would you say too much shoulder? Too much shoulder. Yeah. It's kind of like girls in high school where, you know, teachers were all big on showing too much shoulder. You had to, somehow that was distracting. Yeah. So, Tom, we're going to get away from the shoulder, huh? I think I think they need to bring back the vintage. They're Tom, in there. Tom, what do you say you bring it back? The next year you get, bring back the yeah, neck Tom, mount. Yeah, Tom, why don't you spend if $600 should, on a neck mount? If I Go shoot ahead, a I mediocre you. buck, <laughs> is that if I shoot a booner? Could you imagine? Just hire someone that doesn't know what they're doing and like have it. myself? Yeah. yeah like, I don't know if you guys know this. I dabbled in a little taxidermy. That If you had a booner... That was neck mounted like the buck you mounted. I would shit. And then what we do is we build a small chamber, and we smoke cigarettes in there with the buck. <laughs> for, really yellow those horns. Yeah, and we wouldn't have to do it for a long time because we make a small chamber and you just hot box it with Marlboro Reds, and it would get that vintage patina. Mm-hmm. Maybe we could specialize. We'll open up. We'll call it like, you know, listen to this. This is, I'm gonna approach you guys with a business plan here. Uh, what if we did like a classic? taxidermy where we just fuck them up really bad <laughs> just every make time them, we stuff them with newspaper and yeah. make sure they look like shit if you guys want one done let me know i'll do it yeah if you want to be our first customer this is this is going to take off everybody's 200 it's kind of like it's like bell-bottom jeans and every, like every yeah. mullets yeah they all just kind of circle back to fads and i, I think bad taxidermy paper mache newspaper mounts they're going to come back mm-hmm. and i think we're going to be at the front of the market yeah um. Yeah, I sh- we shouldn't have said this out loud because somebody's going to steal. Someone's going to be like, now. "That's a great approach to the taxidermy business." I'm going to jump right in on that. Another thing that has kind of gone by the wayside is shellacking the antlers. I don't re- even. I hate that. <laughs> Could you imagine? So much. You two are both trying to talk me into doing that with our bucks that we yes. killed last. I never. Could never. you imagine shooting? A I'm going to do it like a giant. Frank's like going to go to bed early, and I'm just going to shellack the horns <laughs> up at camp. I think it would be hilarious, like to drag like a 150, 160 back to camp, pull out the hacksaw, and just go to town, cut the skull plate off, leave the fur. Actually, I would take the fur off, wrap it in velvet, and just shellack the shit out of it. That sounds like. It's a beautiful look. I'm physically ill right now just wanna, thinking about I it. I want to talk to the guy <laughs> that he was sitting in his barn, cut the skull plate off, and then he's sitting there looking at it like, you know what this needs? Some high gloss. I bet he, <laughs> I, I bet he was a smoker and he didn't want his Marlboro Reds to tint the antlers. Yeah, but God, so. I don't want these to turn yellow, so I'm just going to put a high gloss on them. <laughs> yeah, so solve that. <laughs> coming to you this fall, white cat, paper mache mounts, and schlacked antlers. God, I can't wait. I think we'd come up with a maybe that'll be our next t shirt design. <laughs> we'll play on that a little bit. Shitty taxidermy. It's something that's not really talked about. Hey, we it, a lot of people really, really appreciate really good taxidermy. Everyone can appreciate it. They look at it they're like, wow, that guy did a great job. Look at the attention to yeah. detail. That's, I've but gotten when, a ton of compliments on mine. Like everybody's like, hey, you know, looks good. And everybody likes good good taxidermy. But when you see like a shitty coyote or a shitty bobcat, it's definitely, or even it's like almost a always shitty a neck mount. Everyone's like, "Wow, that's the talk of the town." Yeah, Everyone's like, walk, "Have you seen this 
whatever it is, like that's everyone's gonna talk about it. It's like my dad, he shot this Merriam out west, and I'm not gonna bash the taxidermist. But she perfected You just cut it in half. Huh? You said she, so now all men taxidermy is off the books. Now they can narrow it down. It's not Emma, just to be clear. No, it is yeah. not. Yeah, we should specify that that was not... Yeah, yeah. thank you for that. <laughs> she perfected the full strut flying turkey mount. <laughs> Boy, did she do it It looked good. like a damn beach ball with wings. It was honestly like the worst taxidermy I have seen. <laughs> and... It was so bad when my dad got it back. He even asked, he's like, doesn't that look a little bit puffy? And she goes, oh, I thought it wasn't puffy enough. So She wanted to blow it up even more. So Get my the dad, air compressor out. Yeah, <laughs> My dad had it in the house for like two years, and he's like, I can't stand to look at this thing. He said it just pissed him off every time he looked at it. Because <laughs> he went out west, he shot, I don't know. Six birds in 13 days. Yeah, he, he shot six long beards and took just one, cause, I mean, Turkey mount's expensive. You, yeah. you can't get them all mounted. Mm-hmm. So he took... Like mine was like 675 or something like that. They're mm-hmm. ain't cheap. Yeah, so he just cut the, cut the fans and beard and spurs off all of them and was like, I want to remember this trip. This is my best bird. I'm going to get a full mount. And boy, is it bad. <laughs> so he ended up giving it to my uh, great uncle, and he's got it in his barn. And every time you go over there, people bring it up like, look at that thing. And, I mean, there's a lot of really nice taxidermy in that barn. But yeah, but they always talk about the uh, the really bad turkey. Yeah, the full strut flying. Well, and he's got it too. Like as soon as you approach that back room, it's like the first thing you see. Yeah. So he set it up just right. So yeah. He wants everyone to look at it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But ooh, so we've got like two bucks in the barn too. One was Tom's first attempt at doing a deer. That, I don't know if you didn't stitch the mouth very good, but it's it, it was a closed mouth mount. Now it's an open mount. Well, or open see, mount. usually you only see that in bears and you know predators, but it's a tough look for whitetail. What's like, really cool is you can see the foam underneath. <laughs> and on that one, you didn't stitch the mouth. That's another thing. You don't see a lot of stitched mouths shut anymore on whitetails. Can you say that three times fast? No. But you that, couldn't even say it one time regular speed. That <laughs> six-point dad bought it the antique sale yeah i think he bought it for like six bucks it's a (laughs) he paid like one dollar per point yeah that's a deal yeah it's a it's a neck mount six point and i mean you can it the mouth is deliberately stitched you can see the sewing yeah it's nice (laughs) what's crazy is at one point people were hanging those in their houses like that was good work yeah and it wasn't that long ago no (laughs) like in the grand scheme of taxidermy it was it was a couple days ago yeah. But enough about approaching, you know, post season, how you're going to do your mounts and whatnot. Season is coming right up. So let's talk about how we're going to approach like the first week of the season. I tell you what, I, I want to jump right in on this because I've been talking about it the past three years and I brought it up a couple weeks ago. Thank you, Nick. Oh, could you hear that? Yeah. Remember, I'm just going to cut you off. Um, we had an audience. Gonna, I am going to interrupt you immediately. You're done. We had an audience. Uh, I'm sure you heard them, Ben, a couple weeks ago. And I texted Nick. I said, hey, I'm going to have a little fire after the podcast tonight. And Nick goes, tell them to not show up before you know our podcast is over because mm-hmm. I don't want an audience. That was kind of annoying. 
Yeah. And then you go. I didn't go and... say it was kind of annoying. It was just Jesus. What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> I was just saying, like, yeah, I don't want, I don't want to sound like a dick because that's not what I said. I just said it was like you could hear noise in the background. I that was right. And in you the... think that is better than you slurping? Yeah, because then it's right in the mic. So the, and the... throwing your phone on the floor yeah. three times in a row. Yeah, that's okay. exactly what I'm trying to say. Idiot. All right, so back to your early season approach. Early season approach. I've been saying Ugh. it and saying it. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> It's Friday night. I'm on one. <laughs> um, I've been talking about this buck for years. and Some of us wonder if it's even real. Yeah. And a couple weeks ago, I was like, I haven't seen him yet. I haven't had him on camera. Well, guess what? He showed up. Mm. Typical early season guy. He's bigger than ever. He browsed. doesn't stick around, though, does he? No, he doesn't. That's why you said for how we approach in the first week of the season. My approach is to kill him right away. If I'm... I've if you had ever pictures. need to talk to somebody that knows how to kill opening day, just well, come on over. I might have to bounce some ideas off you because I, I this, you this buck needs it. to be dead. On I'll go our, do it for you if, if that's what you yeah, want. I don't, know, I don't know about that. But it's been a long time coming with this deer, and I'm really, really hoping I can seal the deal. And he's, like Tom said, it's going to be an early season get if I get him. Because he vacates the property, goes when? about a mile and a half away. You're already halfway losing if you're just talking if. No, I'm not talking if. I'm saying he's going to be dead. Yeah, but you just said if I get him. So you know where when. he goes? Yes, I know um, where he goes. Pre-rut? I, yeah, as soon as he leaves our property, I know exactly where he goes. Because I, I know the guy that owns the property, and he wants to kill him. So let me hunt her. He's a dick. He's not a dick. He's kind of a dick. Call big, him out. Big dick for that. I'm not going to call him out. But... This deer goes about a mile and a half away to his property and then spends the rest of the year there. And he doesn't come back to ours until he's in velvet and lets me look at him for a little bit. And this year, I last year, I was close on him. I was very close, and I'm really hoping to seal the deal this year. Have you got an actual visual of him in the woods? Not during hunting season. I've seen him preseason when I'm scouting and checking cameras and stuff. I've had, had him on camera tons of oh, times. Oh, yeah, I've seen the photos. And I've seen him on the hoof two times. Not during season, though. What else would he be on, Frank? You're hilarious. Continue. I've seen him... <laughs> I've seen him twice. And both times it was a few weeks before season... And it's helped me hone in on him, but I just haven't been able to seal the deal and see him during season. I've had pictures during season. What is the latest you've gotten photos of him? Week and a half in, into season. So the 10th, 10th of October. That's plenty of time. It is, it is plenty of time, but I just got to I gotta be in the right spot at the right time. So how much about this buck do you know? Do you know his primary bedding area not necessarily his primary bed but where he likes to bed down see that's the tough part that property has been changing so much over the last couple years because of all the logging Mm -hmm. i haven't been able to hone it in hone in on his bedding area because the first year i saw him it was fully wooded and then halfway through the growing season like when he's growing his antlers they started logging and then the next year, it was half-logged. I saw him in generally the same area, but it changed a little bit. 
because half of the property was logged and then you got tops everywhere. You got different stuff starting to grow up with undergrowth. And then at the end of that season, they logged the other half of the property, which obviously changed it again. And then last year, I was honing in on them again, and right before season, they logged the piece bordering ours. So there's been so much. There's been 450, close to 500 acres logged in chunks over the last three years that I've been trying to get in on this deer. That's a bitch. So why do you think that the logging company like approached the way like cutting chunks like that instead of just all at once? So vast. Well, they did our 200 and some acres in pieces. They did, because like one, most of the property was hardwood, and then most, most, the other part of the property was... Say most was this, and then most was that. No, most is hardwood, some was softwoods. And from what I understand, they clear cut it, right? Yes. So it there wasn't a selective cut where, you know, they're taking a tree here, a tree there, they're taking everything yeah they took everything there's very few trees left and now we're starting to get a lot of undergrowth and some trees coming back um that are which it it amazes me how fast they're growing because they're in three years there's some trees that are eight feet tall Hmm. um i'm sure they were already growing and then once the logging happened they're really sprouting because they're getting all the sun but uh that's beside the point um what was your question uh, so your approach they to took, kill this buck. Yeah. They took the hardwood, then they took the softwood, and then once they were done logging our piece, they moved to the next piece. Oh, and okay. So I it's not all our property. That's, I guess, what was... Maybe I didn't get all that info. Yeah. It's two separate pieces of property, and they did ours in two chunks because of the type of wood. I don't know why that would matter to them, but I'm not a logger. I don't know, but that's what they did. You're drinking a logger, though. I sure am. America's oldest. Yingling. So, yeah, that's been a real big barrier to me killing this deer. And I'm honestly surprised that I've been able to get as much information on him as I have with that much changing to the property. And I've really been hoping that those changes are going to keep him there longer into the season. So far, it has not. But we'll see. I'm really, really hoping that it happens this year because I really, really want to kill that deer. It's a, it's a giant. Do you have a game plan for him this year? Roughly. I need to check my cameras. I haven't checked cameras in three weeks. So I'm really hoping I get some good information from that to see what he has changed. If I base everything off of what I know before this year, I have a good plan that I think will get the job done. So with your approach, are you going after this buck and this buck only? Yes. Obviously, if a bigger one comes through that you weren't aware of, yeah, you're going to shoot that one. But yeah. you're going to be passing up good bucks waiting for this guy See, that's while the, he's still on camera. That's the tough thing because, because you got a recurve. I'm hunting with the recurve this year, so I, I want to drop the standards, but at the same time, I want that deer. Well, you had, could afford to wait, you know, you know, you could say for the first week and a half, I am on this deer. Yeah. But when he vacates, then... But I don't know if he's going to vacate because of how much the property's changed. I think he will because he's he's getting old enough now. He knows what he wants to I, do. If it were me, how I'd approach it, I'd just get him killed opening day and not have to worry about it. Boy, that would be nice. 
If it were me, that's how I'd do it. Yeah, that's a good approach. And that's how I'm going to try to do it, but you never know. These big bucks, they're in no hurry to die, and this guy needs to be in a hurry. So I'm hoping that he's in a hurry, and we'll check back. If you don't hear from me in the first two weeks of the season, if I'm not on, uh, what do we call it? The podcast? No. Deer Camp Series. Deer Camp Series. Why the fuck couldn't I think of that? If I'm not on the Deer Camp Series in the first two weeks of the season, I'm going to get on later, but it probably won't be with that buck. I'm predicting I'll be the first one again. Is that what you're thinking? Yeah. Doe. It'll be a doe. Bet. That's pretty much what I just did. No. Gentlemen's. Nah, okay, whatever. Boo. I'm probably going to kill one opening morning. So. Buck? No, a doe. Well, maybe a buck. Could be a buck. Who knows? So what makes you so sure? Tell me your approach. Why are you so certain? Uh, because Tom's approaching with aggression. Out at the farm, it's probably more rare that I don't have an opportunity to kill a doe than it is well, having We start an opportunity in PA to kill. before New York this year. Yeah, one day. Yeah. yeah. Pretty much anywhere I hunt, I can shoot a doe at will. Yeah. So, and I, I was never big on the shooting the does. But as you guys know, I'm married, living on my own, not freeloading off my parents, buying food. So Time to fill the freezer. Yeah, I am filling the freezer. So I I'm, tell you, I'm going to be shooting everything I can this year with that recurve. I'm going to be flinging arrows left and right because I want to. I, I tell wanna... you what, that other day when I was at your house shooting it, that's fun. Isn't it fun? Yeah. It's a good time. It's a whole different experience. I, totally different approach to archery I think we need to start calling Tom <laughs> Full Freezer Tommy. Full freezer, Tommy. That's not a good name. That's horrible. Because right now it's empty. Yeah, I have like two packs of sausage. We'll we'll readdress that. We'll we'll reapproach it at the end of the season and see if his freezer is full. And I just think full freezer Tommy has a good ring. To it, it does have a ring, but if it doesn't make sense, I like Tommy three cheese. That was given to me by uh, ex girlfriend's dad. <laughs> He had no idea where it came from. He just said it one day. Said it out loud and stuck with it forever. Yeah. That's what he called me. Tommy, Tommy Tree Cheese. Yeah. Uh, I feel pretty... like Tommy just, you can put. Whatever Tommy, Tommy works with anything. Yeah. Yeah. Tom, what, what would you prefer the <laughs> listeners do for other Tommy nicknames? Leave it in the comments. That's a good approach, I think. Yeah. They probably won't. No, they never do. We got to come up with a different approach to get them more involved because say and leave it in the comments. Just, that ain't it. <laughs> I mean, I will admit because somebody will probably comment and say it, we we haven't been posting as much um, as we used to. You mean I, you? You run, yes. You run socials. I have, but I also my thing is too. I don't want to just bombard flood with stupid it, content. Yeah, with yeah, with not good content. With dog water. Yeah, that's not the right approach. No, no, I agree. So if our page goes stagnant for a little bit, I'd rather do that. Then have stupid shit. Yeah. But even if our posts go stagnant, you better believe we're going to be coming at you with a podcast every week. That's going to go You hard. shouldn't be able to say we. Yeah, you've you been... coached me with that attitude. <laughs> you, you've been taking the approach of not showing up a Tom, lot lately. I'm going to call you part-time And you tried Tommy. to get me to miss this week because... No. Part-time Tommy. That's what I'm part time. <laughs> Literally anything hey. works. I, I dare you to come up with one that doesn't. All I know is you guys, you're late on your rent for the studio. Mm. 
Well, I, as soon I, as I drink the rest options. of your beer, I'm going to turn those in for money, and I'll pay you. <laughs> I think they're about five cents a can. So you yeah, got we got ten better cents get to drinking now. <laughs> well, I have another ten cents, so almost a full quarter. Mm-hmm. Get yourself a gumball. Mm. Get yourself a gumball. Nick, what's your approach for opening week? Well, I'm not going to need opening week. I just need opening morning. Just kidding. Opening hour? <laughs> yeah, opening hour. No, uh, I'll be honest. Right now, I don't have any buck that's making me you know, act like Frank where it's like I got one that that's all I want to chase. So I'm probably just going to be and, and I'm not going to be able to decide until probably Friday night or Saturday morning of Where opening day. Hunting. It's going to be one of them things. Just try and let. It's going to be a feeling. I'm going to let the sky tell me where I'm supposed to be at that morning. And that's unless I have a buck to Sometimes chase, that's the best approach when you just you just feel it. You you don't yeah. know where you're going to go. And then you yeah, wake up I'm in the packing, morning and you're like. Yeah, this when I'm is... packing the truck and I don't even know what farm I'm going to. Like uh, it's there's something chaotic but also really cool about it. Yeah. That it's just like, I don't know where I'm going. I'm just going to, I'm going to get to the end of my driveway. Am I going to go right? Am I going to go left? I don't know. Mm-hmm. And it's worked for me before. Um, I, I used to get really technical with stuff and it would stress me out. And the last year or so, last season, I just decided. <laughs> the last one time we've done this. <laughs> well, no, I've been, I've been hunting for over a decade and I started off like, you know, I was just hunting with my grandpa, and my dad and stuff. And then I, you know, started hunting on my own and I started, started listening to those Midwest podcasts. Idiot. <laughs> Biggest mistake of his life. I don't anymore because. Because it's freaking Midwest freaking deer hunting. I mean, like some of them are entertaining, but they don't apply like. No. A hundred percent. There's definitely. There's always stuff There's generalizations there's across. crossover for sure. Yeah. Um, but it also at the same time, like. There's just not like it's a totally different style of hunting. Mm-hmm. You're it's a different target. Yeah. Um, totally different mentality. Yeah. Di- totally different approach to the season. Yeah. So yeah, I challenge them, Illinois, Iowa guys, to come to PA and shoot 160s every won't. year. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and to to their um whatever. To their credit. Why would you leave the be- like the yeah, mecca of whitetails in... to come to Pennsylvania? Yeah. Like. Other Pennsylvania is than... like top ten worst states to manage deer. <laughs> <laughs> so we got that going for us. It's getting better though. It for sure is. Uh, it's... But what I'm getting New at York, though, like New I York can't... is like top five. Top five best? Worst. Oh, I was gonna say you're like, dumb. Yeah, you know, like... if yeah, if you're like want to manage a farm for whitetail, mm-hmm. New York and Pennsylvania are some of the worst. some of the worst states. Yes, I would for sure agree with that. So what you're saying is if we can get some good bucks on our farms, we really know what we're doing. Yeah. Yes, which we do always have good bucks. Um, but no, all I'm saying, like, if I lived in Illinois, I wouldn't be coming to PA to hunt, <laughs> and I don't think you would either. Right? Probably like, not. It, it's just it is what it is. But I just I don't know. I just this year I didn't buy shit for gear. I just am having fun with it. I you guys that's a new approach for you because yeah. you usually. Buy everything. I'm. I turned over a new leaf. I. I. I'm gonna start calling you a gear queer. But I'm not. I didn't buy anything this year. Tom likes it. Nikki gear queer. Nikki gear queer. 
That's not. I like Nikki Knox way better. Nope, Nikki no. Gear Queer. That's too close to Nikki Six, which you will never be. I don't want to be Nikki Six. I want to be Nikki Knox. <laughs> well, sorry, uh, you're Nikki, I'm always knocking Nikki Gear Queer. Yeah, and never fucking flinging them. Tell you that. I got. What the are you about to say? Least amount of bucks at the table. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Wanted, I shoot quality. Not quantity. I also have the biggest. Or the second biggest. Mm. Mm. I don't know. We'll put a tape to my nine and your buck. Mm. I you had and your both little of those baby G threes. <laughs> if I had both of those deer standing next to me, I would shoot mine all day. Well, because it's cagier. Yeah, and you would too. Mm. Yes, you would. Yeah, no. you would. I'm not big into those. Pencil thin, wide. Pencil thin. It's probably the same mass as yours. I Those don't know. They wide. just, when they're that wide, you they lo- just... It looks like less. That's how my 7 from North Carolina, it's just shy of 20 wide like yours, but it, it looks a lot nicer than Tom's just because it's got a bigger cage. Yeah. But they probably score about the same. Yeah. We'll but anyways, see. I didn't... Re- yeah, so my approach is just I'm going to have fun with it. I ain't messing around. Getting back you. to your roots. Yeah. yeah, I still, I'm still filming because that's just something I enjoy doing. Um, I'm ready for you to self-film a buck. Why didn't you? Did you have your camera set up last year? Is just it was getting close past to camera light. I will just put it that way. Because um, if you ever tried to film, there's times that you can see, but your camera can't. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were past camera light. I had actually put the camera away, and I was like. Oh, Shoot. H- had I had the camera out, I would have still flipped it on just for the sound. Mm-hmm. Um, Smack so you would have heard Drop me. In and say, ah. <laughs> yeah, you would have heard me making my own snort wheeze, and then sounds like the camera should be the last thing to go off this year, even if there's not camera light. You should wait until you are. Yeah, I could do that. It climbing that down to pack not, up the camera. Not that. Leave your camera in the tree. Like, yeah. Yeah. No, it'll be. Go get it I think tomorrow. this year will be more of like the camera doesn't come down until I'm coming down. Yeah. Because um, like before it was just like, eh, can't see with this. Still got, you know, 20 minutes or so to hunt. Half see, hour. but that you don't want to be moving around putting your camera away. Yeah, sounds it Seemed reckless. to be just fine for me last year. Yeah, but you don't want to approach it that way every time. Maybe I do. I think you got lucky. I think any time I've ever shot a deer, I got a little bit lucky. Hmm. Not me. It's all skill. Yep. Mm. No, there's very little skill <laughs> involved in my approach. Tom's just flying by the seat of his pants. It works though. It's, I, it's more like a gut instinct, which I think is overlooked a lot. Like people there. So you're I, getting into your early season approach first week. That's well, just in general approach. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing wrong, and I think you can do a lot with you know. Trail cameras and recording data and, you know. Is it all data or data? Datum. All Did that. Did you put an M at the end of that? Yeah, plural. You have one data, multiple datum. Oh. I don't think that's right. Yeah. You got two sets of datum. No. Hmm. Look it up. It's datas. That, it's not datas, that's for sure. Maybe it's datai. No, datum. Data sounds plural already. It's like moose is the plural to moose. I thought it was moosen. It's not, though. 
Bear with me one second, guys. Tom's oh, like Tom's got high speed internet. Tom's, Tom's like I man. sell printer supplies. I know what data is. Yeah, what do does you that say? Datum. That doesn't sound right. Datum, a piece of information. The fact is a datum working into the account. That's, That's not, not plural, though. Yeah. That says right, a let me, piece, Tom. Let me Google search. No, see, now you're just trying to find imright.com. Of data. <laughs> Did you say imright.com? <laughs> uh, technically, data. Tom, you're screaming. But he, he's bailing immediately. <laughs> he's like, technically. No, it is frig. the plural form. Whoa. Hold on. Wait a minute. Hold up. Something ain't right. Technically. Can you talk into your mic? We've been doing this three years, and you're like literally talking <laughs> over the top of it. This is coming you're still doing right it. from from data.com. Britannica.com. Brit- so, okay. Who is that? Technically, data is a plural noun. I said that. Hold on. It hold is on. The, hold on. It is the plural form of the word datum. Oh, so datum is the singular. Yeah, you have one set of datum, two sets of data. Whoa, that's crazy. So you were wrong, and I was also wrong. wrong. I was. We were both wrong. I said I think data is. Talk into the damn mic. I said I think data is plural, which is right. But I also thought data was singular. So I was half right. Tom was a hundred percent wrong. It's true. Never trust a guy with a raspberry slushy. That's what I always say. I say it too. We've heard it's it a hundred ne- never times. Never led me astray. I never trust someone with two first names. Well, none of us here have that, so yeah. thank God. Yeah, well, there's something about it. Yeah, doesn't doesn't like if sit your right. Your last name was like Steve. Yeah, like Francis Steve. Mm. Don't ever speak to me. I don't know about it. Yeah, I agree. Never led me astray. I don't know what you want from me, man. See how Frank is? That's just not how I'm comfortable. That's hey. why the audio for yours is always quiet. Three years, I get people telling me, Tom's so quiet. I'll turn Tom, my mic up. I I am maxed on your mic. If I go any louder, it falts out. Hey, that's one of them things. Just, just, I, I, you know what? This you is just got to find your sweet spot, dude. This is my approach to the podcast. Let me L- Listen to how much different. Everybody's going to do a sound check on this. Listen, talk like that, and slowly bring yourself into the mic. Wow. That's a big difference. It's huge difference, a lot. Speaking of mic checks, <laughs> Nick's got a joke for you guys. Not until you actually talk in your mic. I am talking into my it's, mic. Listen, how different it is. I don't know what you want me to do. Nick, just tell the joke. Whatever. What's the joke? Well, <clears throat> I was actually. It's funny that you ask about the joke because um, Kayla and I were planning our wedding mm-hmm. and um, looking for DJs and stuff. And I actually remembered um, that I have a Polish friend that's a DJ. Mm-hmm. I got to check one, too. That's a great joke. That is a great joke. <laughs> oh, man. You Told that to me. Tom at the gym. Sorry. <laughs> He's like, hey, I got a really dumb joke for you. Is this, I'm like, is this about your Polish DJ? He's like, no, but we're going to come back to that in a second. <laughs> we'll address that in just a minute. Yeah. Got to check one, too. <laughs> That's comedic gold. That is. Whoever wrote that up, I'd like to shake their hand. Yeah. I, I, I appreciate good, shitty jokes like that. They are, they're shitty on the surface, but when you it's think like, about it's it, like it's bad like, bad wow. taxidermy. Yeah, it, it truly is. It's like bad taxidermy. You see how I approach that? Bring it right back full circle. Yeah. Right, while we're on the topic of shitty jokes. <laughs> so, as you guys, actually, I don't think you know, um, 
you see it was a big difference huge i'm allergic to bees okay that is not a joke no that is not a joke allergies are nothing to joke about no um but identity theft's not a joke jim (laughs) millions of people suffer every year but regardless of this bee allergy i love exploring things new things in nature Mm -hmm. so i wanted to you know, start making my own honey, collecting beeswax, honeycomb, stuff like that. Get really into, like, the bee hole thing? Yeah. So I go to the local... (laughs) 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 It's okay. Look how long it took her to get Yeah. (laughs) You're like, yeah, of course. So I go to our local (laughs) beekeeper, and I'm telling him, I'm like, hey, I'd like to start my own little bee farm. Mm -hmm. Uh, Hoping I could buy some bees off you. I I just need a dozen. So he's like, yeah, I'll, I'll hook you up. So he grabs like this, I don't know, it almost looked like a feed bag almost. And he mm-hmm. goes back to his hives and gets some bees, comes back, and he's like, that'll be $25. So I pay him $25, and I open the bag, and there's all kinds of bees crawling around, and I'm counting. And I'm like, hey, uh, I paid for 12 but there's 13 bees in here. And he goes, one's a freebie. <laughs> Classic. Classic. That's not as good as Nick's joke, but it's still... No, it's it's a good dumb joke. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Anyway, I think that should probably... (laughs) That's (laughs) about where we ended, huh? (laughs) Yeah. If you you are still listening after all of that... I'm sure everyone has checked out by now. Yeah, I do have a check one, too. Well... Anyway, that was a solid approach to the podcast, and I had fun. I had yeah. fun. Sometimes you just got to let the hair down, take a new approach to things. And yeah. All right. You guys all know what to do. Approach the outdoors. <laughs>